And welcome back to We're Not Made For Everyone podcast. We're here. We're at the end of the year. We're going to talk about some things. We're going to talk about what just happened today. The verdict is out for Kim Porter. For for she killed the boy. We're going to be honest. And I was kind of surprised, just like we were surprised with um, George Floyd. In that situation, that, that case that the officer was found guilty. She was found guilty on both charges. Now, a uh, little bit on the backstory. So, the gentleman that she um, killed, I can't find no other way to say it, but she killed murder within doing her job. That's why she was in manslaughter. So, here's the thing. The man was riding around. He had an inspired tag, and he had an air freshener hanging from his rearview mirror. According to the city and where they were, it was all located at, that they are not allowed to do that because it's some kind of city ordinance and they don't want you doing that because it was associated sometimes with you and no drug dealer and not and all that. So they figured out this way. If I be getting ready, you're not allowed to have it. If you have it, we can pull it and we can write you some kind of citation. So that was the whole reason he was pulled. But remember, this is at the very height of Black Lives Matter and some other stuff going on. The 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 Trials about to start. They pick a jury for the man who killed all of it. It's very, it's a very high incisive area, and people are very uncomfortable with police officers stills. They have not developed a uh, relationships, and they have not established that they're here to protect and serve, and not kill you. So when he gets pulled, he has someone with him. So when he gets pulled, he calls his mother. I want y'all to understand this is this is a child that his mother is a fair skin, his dad, his father has more melanin in his skin. Because we I want to go into race because we all a human race. <laughs> really. <laughs> At the end of the day, if we had to get blood from somebody, it's gonna be somebody not gonna be by the color of the skin, it's gonna be by the blood type. So we are you mm-hmm. human race. <laughs> so all that going on, he's getting there. According to the videos that had been released for the trial. They pull him over. He becomes a little resistant because he feels uneasy because they say he has a warrant and how they're being very aggressive. You know, you can be assertive and let the person know that you have to do this. Can this person drive the car? Can you contact this person to get this stuff? You know, because you have this going on. We have to take you in because you had this warrant. It's a way for them to do it. But they went to aggressive mode thinking that he was going to possibly attack them. And the thing is, is what, what exactly did he have a warrant for? Now that one, I tried to look to find it before we went on here. I really didn't see what the warrant was. He just said he had a warrant for his arrest. It could have been a bitch warrant, is what I'm thinking, because it was nothing as in a high alert, because if he was had a high alert of one of those dated warrants, they would have already had things set when they pushed him over. They wouldn't have had to pull his name and everything to see there was a warrant. I won't be surprised if something minor as if... Like a bitch warrant. You know, something like a failure to appear in court. Yeah, something like this, something that thing to say, it's a bitch warrant, you got to go to court, you need to show up for this, here's that, give you a court date. You kind of not even really processing the system, but to give you a court date that you have to must mandate to show up for. Real simple things. Because the bitch one just you just fail to show up in court. It's not that yeah. you are out there 
robbing, stealing, selling illicit drugs, all that. It's none of that. So that's the things that were going on. He calls his mom, getting his phone, all about that. When stuff happens, I still feel for the mother that she had to kind of see this stuff play out. Her son, somebody, you know, a mother, a father, people that you saw, because the mother is more connected because, you know, she carried the child, but the father for the role and maturing and watch raise him and see someone take your child's life before your life is seems so out of order. Not that the child died of cancer, but someone's took your child's life saying, I meant to reach for my taser, but I reached for my Glock. And that's a, and that's a big... Just the way it feels, you should already know the Wait, difference. She's been in the force for quite some time. You know the difference. Years. Look at that. You know the difference between the weight of a loaded gun versus the weight of a taser. Even the feel. Everything should have been off. And that's why it's on the opposite side of your gun. I mean, that's what it was. That's because they went through all those processes. She's been there 26 years. She went through all the the ups and downs, the mistakes and everything on how to properly because they start giving the officer tasers to make sure they're not pulling out their their issue firearm, but pull out the taser to just, you know, to restrain someone versus shooting and killing someone. The purpose of the taser was to just subdue you enough to get you in the car and then process you, not to but, kill you. But the now, thing was, was all of that even necessary for what he got pulled over for? No. It was not. But, and this, this is why it was like, why are we even have to go down this road? Because it didn't say he was speeding. It said he had spired tire. Not easy. That's that's why I was that's why I was concerned. I was going through that thing, trying to trying to change my tag, man. <laughs> I understood. You know, I ain't trying through. to get caught out here with an expired tag, and then I end up with a T-shirt with angel wings. Not me. But I understood the whole thing that I could not figure out what was going on with the system that and, and, and honestly it brings a little bit closer to home because with your story and his, it could have been the same thing. Yeah. Could have already paid because a lot of places were opening. You couldn't go in. You had to pay online. You had to wait and get mail. It could have been one of those things. We had another co-worker. Well, former co-worker for you, but still co-worker for me. Same situation. They were trying to go out of town and trying to get it settled, and it was so much of a headache. It was like, what? I'm just trying to get my tag renewed. It's not like, I'm not, you know, it's like, why is this so much a headache when it was like a, a 10, 15-minute thing back in the day? What is yeah, it? now they want you to do it through appointments and and all of this. And listen, man, that's that's... It's, it's, it's easier I figured out that if you want to be seen that same day, you're going to have to add ID renewal or replacement along with your tag. And you can even tell them, I don't need a new ID. I just need a new tag. And you'll be seen. But but that's what I'm saying. That's crazy. Because this because <laughs> this, this, this child, because he was 21, to me, that's a child still. Yeah. To lose life for something that he could have already paid for and was try probably trying to explain it, probably trying to get the proof, but you know you can't make too many moves with the police officer to think you're trying to kill them or come after them. 
because everything was so sensitive, so heightened, and so much tension. And you know, it's like a life is lost. You're a 26 year vet. You ought to have the ones be able to show the young ones what to do in the situation. We didn't even got to the trial yet. We just talk about the backstory. So, in that, he was on the phone with his mom, the girl in the car. It got heated. And he said, I'm not doing that. They tried to pull him out the car. So, he went and get out the car. So, she went to supposedly or allegedly, she said she was going to go for her taser just to do him so they can get him out the car and everything. That's, you know, that's not necessary. It was a young lady. In the car, in the car, it that it is so many different ways to handle this at a non-violent way, but did not happen. And every time you pull a, a a person of any kind of color than just tan that has more brown or melanin in his skin, why does it have to be four cars there? Mm. Doesn't have a history of being a violent offender, resisting arrest, has none of those histories, have none of that background, that kind of stuff. Why are you doing this? If the situation gets tense, I understand you calling for backup because the situation's going left. I'm trying to handle this and it's not going that way. You call it for someone that's something different. Versus when you first pull them over, everybody in, the, in your whole quadrant is over there talking about what's up, like y'all gang members. That's how law enforcement is. I know. You know how it is back in the day. You had your crew, somebody started messing with you, your crew started showing up. I get it. Still still got that mindset. I ain't changed. Yeah, that's what I said. I get it. But I'm saying, but here's the thing if you want something to change, don't come with that first. If you see things are escalating and you're escalating them, don't get mad if they start showing up. But the third thing is, is it like cool and copacetic? We just getting information, trying to find out. Just let it happen. But the situation could escalate. So she felt like they were trying to pull him out the car and all those things. So he kind of resisted, put the car in gear and drove off. And when he put in the car in gear, drove it off, standing, she said she was taser. She ended up shooting him. And I believe she shot him more than once. So I'm trying. Yeah, to... once you, yeah, once you first, once you felt the first impact, you are you should have, you already knew. So that's that's one of the kind of things I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me anything, mm. because once you reach, you know what side you're reaching for, what side the taser is, what side the gun is, because you have to go through the extensive training, and, and you know, I know a lot of people who are law enforcement, whether they work at the. You mean jail, whether they were as patrolling or anything. Of course, I know that they are trained a certain way and they have to consistently go through that training all the time to make sure they stay on their P's and Q's about the things. They have to actually do a course and do it. Still pull your gun when you're out of breath or pull a taser and something like that. So, so you're, you're not out there using considerably deadly force and unnecessary because if you're being attacked and being fired at, of course you're allowed to use your firearm. Yes. But if you're not being attacked and the person's running away from you, you're supposed to use a taser or contact somebody else to tell them they're on foot running this way and they're supposed to try to 
you know, head them off so they can subdue them without causing that level of harm and using any firearm. That's what they're supposed to do. Yes, and even then, a lot of um, major police agencies, they changed that approach of um, using a firearm to shoot a suspect that's fleeing. Like just like what you said, they'll call it in and let them know what direction they're heading to. But a lot of a lot of agencies they stop shooting perps from running because yep. you know if why are you going to shoot them if they're no longer a threat? That's that's really what it comes down to. And that became now to I forget the man name I believe his name was Brown in South Carolina who was running from the police and they continued to shoot him multiple times in the back. Yeah. That's that, and yeah, 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 but yeah, that, but that pretty much been standard, and and many police agencies. I don't know if that's like the standard, you know, nationwide, but I know most states they they don't want to do that because of the civil lawsuits and yeah, and all the good stuff. Most of the metropolitan, urban, and you know, have transitioned to that. I can't say that for all the rural areas. <laughs> I really can't, but I just know. You consider to have major cities and within your state near they most of them are already transferred because they're not trying to pay that money out like that. Yeah. So, so that's back to Kim Porter. <laughs> Potter Porter. Yeah. But she, but what bothers me mostly on this, you're an experienced cop. If you're inexperienced, I can kind of reason it out. But not agree with it, but I can reason it out because the lack of your years of experience of doing something like that. Man, listen, twenty six years at that point, I wasn't even. I'm gonna be real with you. At that point, I wasn't even done much because of the fact that I'm so close to the finish line. I'm not gonna compromise that. You realize most officers only have to work twenty or twenty five years. Yeah, but she got twenty six. At that point, she already she's already there at the finish line. She had passed the finish line. She's going for another string. There you have it. And she and they all got messed up because of some some nonsense. I mean, you and, your freedom, um, tension possibly because they haven't they haven't decided on that because it's a it's a committee that decides on that. You got all that messed up. And I'm going to be 100% with you, man. Um, policing in this country is something that anybody, I'm not going to say anybody can do, because once you win the job, that's a different animal. But to qualify for it, it really don't take much. It really don't take much. You got to go to the police academy, you do your thing, and then once you're done with the police academy, you're pretty much with a gun and a badge ready to go. Pretty much. And I don't know how I don't know how it is for each for all the states, but I know here it's really not that hard to be a cop. The hardest thing about it is getting endorsed. That's hey, it, really. Getting endorsed, and then depending on the county, how quickly you can be accepted. Right? Key, key word: how quickly you can be accepted. Key word: not that you can't be accepted, just how quickly. And even then, and even then, a lot of people that go to smaller police agencies do some time in there, get some experience, and they transfer out elsewhere. Correct. But it, that's one big problem in this country. It's it's so easy. Not easy, but it doesn't take much to be a police officer 
And then once you're there, a lot of people picking up the bad habits of the people that's been there back when different policies was in place. And that and and that culture and that mindset still stays. So she said twenty six years. So somewhere in the nineties. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. The tough on crime when the tough on crime was a thing. Uh-huh. And it was basically, I'm gonna hate to say this, but I'm gonna just say it because it's real. Shoot, ask questions later. Pretty much. And we see it still happening now. And that's that's how some of these officers are. Some of the newer ones have a better understanding of what to do and how to do some things. It's okay. But if they're tainted when first coming in, it's hard to get them out of that. Even if mm. they're coming into it. How I'm going to use this example. This, this is a good comparison for this case. Remember the movie Traffic? Yeah. So remember the Lorenz Tate character ended up getting shot and killed by a new officer? No, that was Crash. crash. Not Traffic. Thank yeah, you. Traffic was very similar to that, but this was, was Crash. Crash, because I think it had everybody who crashed or something happened that kind of linked them to situations through the whole thing, how they was connected. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Crash. Oh, thank, thank you for that. Um. And the new officer who had saw so many things and at the end of the day was trying to be nice but functioned in fear and killed someone. A guy, a guy who was pretty much being made fun of uh-huh. for having that was quote unquote white people like tendencies. Because yeah. he had that statue. I don't know what that statue was. Was it like a traveler's guide or I, for, I forgot what it was. I can't remember at the moment. But it was that little statue. Yeah, exactly. It was a Catholic. But it, was... it was what? It was one of the Catholic saints that he used to put with him with riding with for, tra- for travel. And he saw it. Yeah, in... yeah oh. for safekeeping. Yeah. I forgot the name of that saint. There's like a thousand of them. Yes. And he went to show him he had the same one. And he thought he had a gun was going to shoot. And he shot him. And and to try to cover his tracks. Remember, he mm-hmm. shots fired. <laughs> he dropped that body, burned his car up, and that was it. And that's another thing too. I feel like this, like when it comes down to to certain things, there's this mythical black man that's used as a cop out for for pretty much anything. It's almost as if like you could just. Say the perpetrator was a black male, you get away with pretty much anything. But that's what this country has painted the portrait of a person that we brought over here illegally, brought here to put in slave, brought here to not even consider as a citizen, not even considered as a human. But you paint the portrait of them being the evil of the country. And that's sudden. Hey, if they if you can't use them anymore for productivity, use them as a scapegoat. Use them as free labor in a different way. But that's why the them. <laughs> but that's why Thirteenth Amendment allowed them to be locked up and to be used as free labor. If you, I'm not gonna go there today on that. But uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> so 
And why I just wanted to talk about it with the backstory. Uh, the the rap bomb with my pinky. Okay. Like I was saying, back to the case. <laughs> we'll merge it all together anyway. <laughs> so I'm saying back to the case. We're looking at how over the years, I go, I just use 92 as a as a as a key point. Rodney King case. Rodney King is beat beyond necessary force. Now, I know the man was high on PCP, but you beat the man beyond necessary force, caused that name, and then no charges against him has set that, that standard that we knew in this generation. I don't know if you fit in it, but you kind of do fit it. And uh, Generation X of seeing how police would treat us, police brutality would happen. That's the that shit would never flew today. That stuff would have never flew today, man. Yeah, what? That's what we saw and we were saying. And that's why we had such a, a horrible relationship with police officer. And if a black person or Hispanic person came to police officer, you looked at them kind of funny if they did certain things. And depending on where they was at and where they had to post that, you looked at them funny. Because you're knowing what, what police officers were known to do, and that's something that was associated negatively from from before Jim Crow, basically right to the uh, Civil War reconstruction up to then, police were looked at in a negative way because most police officers what was Ku Klux Klan. So we are looked at them like a certain way, like mm, ah yeah, you're a traitor there, you're a police officer, you're a traitor. So you know we had that whole thing going on, and with this to see today. And a couple other trials that happened that they actually are trying to hold officers accountable because they've had enough extensive training to know what not to do. And you have been trained in stressful situations on what not to do, and you're still doing the things not to do. And now to see that more people are looking at them to say, no, you're held accountable. We can't brush it off. That was just that's just part of your service and your duty. What you're doing, you are not in the middle of a gunfight. You are not in the middle of a, a drug bust. You are not in the middle of these things. Of people became a hostage situation. You're not in the middle of those things. You're in a traffic stop. You did not see the person. Did not have a weapon, and you use your weapon. You was not attacked, but the person is dead now. So you're held accountable, and it's something to see that now is like. Are we going to make this more of a true stance and more of a standard so that police officers know rather to make sure they're doing their job correctly or they just can't get off because, you know, I was a police officer? What you feel? I mean, the thing is this. Is you shouldn't even expect much from, from people who went from slave catchers to a quote-unquote deputy of sheriffs. It's, uh, yes, even though it happened hundreds of years ago, um, unfortunately, depending on where you're at, how the city's districts and line is divided, and all these invisible factors that play, that play a role in it, it, it creates, it, it creates this, this problem between communities and the police agencies. It, that's that's really what it comes down to. 
because of the fact of this mindset that's there, this attitude that's there, this this pre this this prejudice that exists and, and discrimination that exists, and is always going to play a factor when it comes when it comes down to it. Simply because of the fact of any system that requires humans to interact with other humans is going to have a flaw, and in this case, the flaw is seeing people that you're supposed to serve as a threat or an enemy. This us versus them mentality. And for a while, that was the police mindset, is us versus them. Not us servicing them, us versus them. Mm. At, least, at least based off of the documentaries and, and things that I studied, granted, this was back in the 80s, 70s, that mindset exists. Even in the 90s, that mindset exists. But if you go around across the country, most police agencies don't see it as them servicing their citizens. They see it as them keeping order, in, in a sense. <clears throat> so, so in line with what you're saying, they don't see the part of serve, they see the part of protect. And in a part of protect, they must maintain order. And it depends on what neighborhood they're in. Because yeah, I can but, promise you that they be serving some neighborhoods. Well, I'm just saying there's a majority of what the mindsets were. I understand they know what it means to serve because they have to take that oath. And that's what's crazy. You have to take this oath and say all these things and knowing what your job. It's like when a doctor takes a Hippocratic oath to, to not to cause harm, but then you see some doctors doing what they want to do and it causes harm. So it's like what is the point of you taking these oaths and being sworn in and you not abide by what you're what you're committed to and have have given a word bond and sometimes even signed to do your job and and the, and the and the thing is man some form of discrimination even takes place in the midfield but that's for another day yes that's for another day <laughs> <laughs> but it that's that's the thing, man. Like it's it's just it all comes down to this culture and mindset that's been there since forever. The the whole fitting in with this with this precinct mindset. This precinct is a product of how this whole city operates. The city operates based off of what's allowed in the state and so on and so forth. So it's like a, a endless ripple effect when it comes down to their mindset on how to service wherever their post is at. True, and not every and not every precinct is bad either. When you really look at it, some precincts. I'm talking about I'm talking about the aspect of a big city. Some yeah. precincts understand. Some precincts actually understand what it's like to serve as this community. They have a great relationship with this community, but that's just that precinct. The other precincts have a completely different mindset. It all comes down to who's in charge, what leader, what the leadership expect of you, and what the leadership allows you to do. That that's really what it comes down to. So not all not all cops are, are, you know, are tend to abuse their power. But it all comes down to who's in charge, where you're at, and how they see the neighborhoods they working they working for. And that's really what it is. I agree. Because here here's something which is kind of odd. And basically, the city of Orlando, 
Okay. In parts of the city, the county is the person who has the jurisdiction. Isn't that something? You, way- you figure in the city, because like, honestly, where I live at, if you're in the city, within the city limits, the person you have to contact and deal with is going to be that 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 that's uh, city PD, whatever city. Now you on the outskirts of the city, the county picks up. Mm-hmm. It is kind of crazy. Now, if you having a real out shootout, serious things, those two, you know, um, come together. Yeah, to support each other. But like, if you out patrolling and leaving something, if something happens and the, the county sees it, the county ain't help it, but it still costs the city to really deal with it. But they're going to deal with it, so so the situation doesn't keep escalating. Mm-hmm. Why does that happen in Orlando a lot of times? A lot of times, we will get that's my not my jurisdiction. Y'all, y'all have to call this person, and they keep rolling. But the, the thing is, the Orlando Police Department, they don't really have much jurisdiction. Their zones are downtown, the airport, and I think that's it, really. But then, if you're called the City of Orlando PD, Police Department, you're supposed to operate in the city limits first. That's your first priority. And then, if something can't be handled and it goes out over the radio, that asks the county to help out because the county is supposed to be larger and able to have more resources to do it. But that's not what's played out. Yeah, the county has way more stretch, way more, way more zone to cover than, than the city of Orlando. And even then, even then, the city of Orlando, they, they have a, they, they, they can have it just as, not not just as bad, but the but the zones that falls on the city of Orlando really the the horrible I'm not gonna say horrible, but the worst post for them to cover is in the is in the line of the other line of division because that falls under Orange County um non Orange County Orlando Police Department. Yeah. That that falls on their jurisdiction, and I think Pine Hills falls under the county. Yeah, it falls under the county. Yes, fine. Here's the count. That's why I say it is so like. It's a narrow margin they cover, and that's what's crazy to me because to me, I believe if you're in the city, you, the city should be handling the city most of the things. That's just me. But that's the thing. I think everywhere else does it like that, like because in Miami, my um. The police department, the city of Miami police department covers that. If I'm not mistaken, I can't speak on. I speak on Fort Lauderdale plantation where I was at. If I had, yeah, but yeah, but even in Fort Lauderdale, was it Broward? Was it Broward who covered the Broward County Police Department? Was it like Fort Lauderdale Police Department? I had deal plantation police park because I live in the plantation. Okay, that that's still. Plantation, if I'm not mistaken, are still in Broward, right? Correct. Okay. You, and, and at least what I'm used to, I'm not really used to county sheriffs running the show, per se. It was always the city's police department, whether it was NYPD, Newark PD, um, 
Union City PD. That's in Jersey, by the way. But it's usually the city police departments that cover those jurisdictions. That's why I'm a bit confused. I've always been confused with the whole um, county and city jurisdiction, but it, I guess it varies from state to state. Yeah, I've seen. I'm not even seeing saying state to state. I'm like it varies from county to county. That part too, which is weird. Because the more we talk, the more we can talk about different parts. It's like, hold on. I thought this was, yeah. So back to like how the verdict is going. To, how this verdict is going to play out? Uh, guilty on birth, both was manslaughter. So, you know, it's first degree, second degree, third degree murder. That's basically what manslaughter is, third degree murder. That means a situation happened that it did not happen and you killed someone and you're charged with it. Yeah, but I just find it odd because my impression of manslaughter is that you kill somebody without the intentions of killing them. That's what my, that's the definition of manslaughter is. But that's why you have vehicular manslaughter. That means you cause the accident, which is in the result of someone's death, or they can come to you with another one. I forget it is right now on top of my head. But it's you cause the death. Rather, it was accidental or negligent. You are charged with it. Yeah, and in her case... That's why I find it odd when I saw first-degree manslaughter, second-degree manslaughter. Because I understand the degrees of murders. First-degree means it was premeditated, you planned it, so on and so forth. Third-degree means that, you know, you you just killed them with intentions. What do you say? You said first-degree. First-degree means it's with intent. Second yeah, it was planned. Some type of argument, something that triggered something in a, in a situation happened. Third one was we got into something and whether it was an injury, whether it was something delayed or other kind of factors that you wasn't purposely doing it. Some kind of way they'll say it's not purposely because it's first and second degree. You can have purpose within your, within your intent or with your anger, your emotions to kill the person. This law was crazy. <laughs> okay, then. So that's the difference between second degree. I thought that I thought what you said was second degree was third degree, which was like uh, the heat of the moment kind of deal. You kill somebody. That's second degree. Yeah, but th- like you said, that's second degree and third degree. Okay, then then what was third degree again? Third degree is like I did not have intent to, or I had negligence into it. It can be resulted back to my responsibility, my accountability that this murder happened. That and then, and that, that to me sounds like manslaughter. Then that's manslaughter. That's third degree. That's what they call it. Mm. Okay, then. I mean, because remember, I have a background in criminal justice. That's why I know a little bit about some of these things. Just a little bit. <laughs> 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 the rest of my stuff is in counseling. But, the rest <laughs> but yeah, that's what it is. And I just, my thing is, this is, I believe, the second officer that has been found guilty of the loss of a life of somebody 
they are considered of color. Yeah, I think this is the second one this year, right? I believe, yeah, second one. It's because of the public pressure that, that, that that's there now. It, nobody's accepting this anymore, and it's not no, and it's no longer something that's considered exclusively a minority issue anymore. That's okay. why. Sorry. No, you say not minority issue. Keep going. Yeah, it's not a minority issue anymore. That's so. It's one of these things where it's like you can no longer argue, justify, or give these cops—no pun intended—a cop out for their negligence and poor, poor misconduct and their misconduct and on the on the shift on their watch. Very true. And now that is now that this this attention being brought to it, it it took it took five years, six years for people to finally get the message. And even then, not everybody's getting the message. But now people are are saying, okay, this is not okay anymore. Because they've been having body cameras on officers for like what? Since 2014? Um, nationwide? Yeah, I'm going to say a little bit earlier. I mean, no, nationwide, it was about 13, 14. But you had other divisions in like more metropolitan, excuse me, advanced cities that were actually having it before then. Because some and of the even, body cams, some of the body cams actually saved some of these officers from conviction when people who were trying to, you know, say something happened and it didn't. Yeah. Because because the body cams were to hold accountability, rather this the officer was at fault or was the person who was coming at the officer was at fault, and it always yes. was supposed to be accountability. And in accountability, it has actually saved some officers, and it also has convicted and got some officers fired. So it's doing what it's doing to hold accountability, but some places they let officers have control of when it comes on. When it when it comes on, yep. and whether or not the public can see it, mm-hmm. and and there's so many factors into it. But the reason why I brought it up is because that, like, just like what you said, the whole purpose of the cameras was to hold accountability to these officers. So all these co- you know, all these officers accountable. But there's so many different layers and 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 and, and smoke screens, for lack of a better word, that. Is there to look good and sound good, but the reality of it with the policies and and the loop and and the procedures that they're using to abuse it, it didn't really stop anything. Because, like you said, you said thirteen, fourteen. Yet there's still mis police misconducts going on everywhere still. Like and 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 we've seen and we've seen public executions going on since. Man, like you could, you could count. What was it a year that there was a bunch of police shootings going on? Was it seventeen, eighteen? I forgot. What, what, which one was it? Or was it where, where there was like a police shooting, bam, and then another police shooting, then another police shooting, then another police shooting? Was that in seventeen? If I'm not mistaken. It's what year was Philando? What year was Philando killed? Uh, or was that nineteen? I'm gonna say eighteen. And and 
And that right there just proves my point. They know they're being recorded. People are not recording them. And it's still, what is it really accomplishing? It, it comes down to the fact of, depending on where you at in this country and depending on what city what city you in within that state, there has to be a different kind of approach when, it, when dealing with cops, in my opinion. Like police unions, I feel like they shouldn't. I, I, it's difficult to talk about this because you because you got systems that set up right, but then you have people that, who are corrupt that's in their systems. And, and that was what I was going to say with the whole purpose of the unions, because I can understand the unions being in place to protect the officers from their superiors. That I understand. But when it gets up to a point in which the unions are there to protect the cops, when the cops themselves know that they was negligent or abusing their power, that's when it becomes a problem. I agree. I was kind of trying to find the words to articulate it and string it, but that's the th- that's the big problem in this in this country because of the fact of whenever you have somebody who's there to protect you, regardless of the fact that the policy says this, this, and that, you try to find circumstances and to dance around whatever it is that the officer was wrong for not following police procedure and not hold them accountable. And when you do hold them accountable, it's, it's something as minor as a week of unpaid leave or, or some nonsense along those lines. When, it, when things should be different, because now <clears throat> this is, I want to know what else is going to be changed in trainings. She's found guilty. Just like they had to eliminate the different chokeholds and everything. I go back to Eric Gardner back in what that was 2014 where they had to change the way. So, you know, everything has to be because when it hits those levels, things have to be changed. And I want to know what change are you going to do about when you're pulling people over? Are y'all going to look at this ordinance y'all had that about the air freshener hanging from the window? Now, to me, that's a bit. That to me seems like one of those pointless laws. That, like an air freshener? Are we really? Who who decided to say this is a okay? This is a just law. Well, I think it's one of those things where I just tell I'm just. I think it it, it hit, and this is gonna sound so harsh, but I gotta be real with it. It's gonna be one of those people that their son was got. overdose and typically die from an overdose and the person that they knew that was coming around was somebody who's probably was connected to a drug dealer and the drug dealer had what in the window? The average. Yeah. Yeah, that just sounds like a like a BS law to me, man. But yeah, I don't even know what else to say. And back to the Eric Garner situation, even during that time, the chokehold was already like not. It was a no no. It was a no no, and that was the thing that was like crazy to me that 
somebody was still using that, and that was something that supposed to be a no-no and not to do, and supposed to be done away when I was in high school. That was back in the late nineties. Yeah, like yeah, you got Radio Raheem, like, and, and <laughs> that's the crazy thing about it. And and even then, that that's not supposed to be used at all in New York at that time. Correct, because that was Staten Island, right? Yeah. Yeah, there was a Staten Island. Like, the Chocos, is, that's like a, you're not, that, that was outlawed. There's plenty of ways to restrain somebody without, without grabbing their neck. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I remember, the only reason I remember that was, and I'm going to tell you honest, I had just flew into LaGuardia because I had to go, um, I had to do a seminar somewhere out there. I had to do a seminar in, in the New York area. But I remember I had to do part in Connecticut, part in the um, Bronx. So I'm up there, land, looking at, you know, the news as you wait for luggage to come down because they had TVs all there because you know about airports. And yeah. I'm seeing this playing out while I'm in the airport and I'm looking like, is they going to bust out with something? The people going to get, you know, because, hey, it's been a while since I've been in LaGuardia. I said, I don't know how the people respond <coughs> because that's, that's going to get somebody crumb. To know an officer end up killing in his own video, yeah, I ain't trying to play with that. And and then it comes down to this: he he lost his lives from for selling cigarettes. That when you look at it, when you really look at the grand scheme of things. He lost his lives for selling for selling cigarettes for what, maybe ten dollars a pack? Well, twenty come in a pack. So no, but the thing the thing is is this, like a lot of people they buy cigarettes from, from places that's cheaper like Pennsylvania or even Virginia. They go down there, they buy them in bulk, then they come back up and then they sell it. Huh? I don't want to talk about the price. I was just talking about it, it's twenty come in there. So yeah. the, however he breaks up selling, he's already making a profit. That's where I'm coming from. Yeah, but the thing is, is this. The, the man died. The man literally died because he was because he was selling cigarettes. Not weed, not coke, not heroin. For hey, selling me. cigarettes and not having the license to do so. Yeah, because you're not allowed to sell singles. Now, yeah, that, I understand. He did break the law, but yeah. But but you didn't have to go to the level of what you had to do of restraining the person, losing him about, and the person saying, "I can't breathe." But at that point, what I was the point I was trying to make was that that's a that's a crime, if you want to call it a crime or a law. That the best way to approach it is by giving him a fine. You're not going to take him downtown for that shit. You hit him with a fine. You hit him with a fine. You hit him with a court date that he had to show up to pay the fine. You know, because that's how that's the these, um, whatever they call it, I can't think of right now. That's how you deal with it. That's exactly. That, that, was, a, that was a transgression that should have been handled with a fine. Now, I understand if it was probably for loitering and telling him he needed to leave the area. Okay, but for that situation to escalate in that manner, 
It wasn't even, it, it was unnecessary. I mean, the list goes on and on and on with situations like that. Even with Mike Brown. The man died for two dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Should he stole that switch or no? But come on now, two dollars. But that's or that... Dutch or whatever tobacco rack he bought. Yeah, that's that's the or stole. We, that's the things we're looking at. At what stream was that force needed? This is why the pressure from the public. The pressure from some of the politicians and everybody around is on to you got to make sure these officers who are using way more force than ever ever necessary and people's lives are lost and they were getting away. Now, they can't get away. Like, I I can't forget the girl who walked in the wrong apartment. No, Lord. The wrong floor. (laughs) It's the wrong. Keyword was wrong. I don't care the floor. Part, it was wrong. Keyword wrong. And you take their life. It was a youth pastor. So it wasn't a threat to the community. And then they try to make him look like he was a like he had a bad pastor sign. That's what they always do too. The moment somebody gets shot, they try to dig up their dirt. Like, oh, they had a they had a marijuana possession charge in ninety one. Like, really? Ninety one. Like you know what I'm saying? I'm over exaggerating with the, with the time. No, but that's what they do. You're not kind of over exaggerating. Not to be funny, but you're not. Because what they'll do, they'll bring up something that's five, seven, eight years old, and the person has grown and matured past that, and they'll bring that up to to try to take the character of the person on the reason why that level of force was needed to to handle that situation. And but there's no track record of that person consistently. You could have had that one incident where that person was properly under the influence sometimes, whether it's marijuana, um, K2, Molly's, alcohol, something under influence, but they were not in their clear, you know, logical, sober mind. And you want to hold them accountable 20 years later. It doesn't make sense. They don't. And then with, George, with the whole George Floyd, there was people out there that are actually saying because of the fact that he had fentanyl in the system, that was why he suffocated. People were actually using that as an argument. He did not. He... <sighs> Listen, people were trying to dig from... The people were trying to pull the answers out of the air to justify how that hole didn't cause his death. Yeah, it but did. The big, yeah, yeah, obviously. No, yeah. no, you know what I'm saying? Obviously, but the bigger picture is they're trying to zoom into this microscopic pigment and this picture rather than looking at it for what it was. The man died because he gave somebody a bogus $20 bill. And he might have not, because here's the crazy thing about this. The man is not alive, so we can really question him about it. But somebody medicated him that, and he went to go pay for something with it. Because that's a lot of times how some of that does happen. So if it's that big of a deal, if if he found out that that bill was fake then and there, he should have just not gave him anything and said take it back. So uh, after he after he paid and did the transaction, the man walked out, and then you realize you got got. You're gonna call the cops for that. I mean, I understand you're gonna call the cops, but when you really look at it, if you're running a business, are you really gonna waste that much time 
for twenty dollars. Here's another thing with that. If the person were really trying to get away, they wouldn't even been in the area after using it. That part. So that lets you know he might not really knew. And that's why I said well, he's not here to even question and really know that. So that's like one of those that's left out there. Because it's been times when when I was, was in college working overnight at a convenience store, somebody come in, I'm checking the best, said nothing, you know, it's fake. And they're looking like, what? And their mind goes back to who gave me this. You can you can literally see those ones. And they're like, they have to get it back. I said, well, no, I have to keep it because I have to report it. And they're like, hold on, let me they go to the car and get the other money. And they, and they, you can see their mind is going back to who gave me that 20. Who tried mm. to, you know. Yeah. Because a lot of times it happens. A lot of times, um, I don't know, you were working when I was there when they gave me <laughs> out of date money one time to use for the job. And the people trying to detain me. Mm. I, I said, no, I, I wasn't there for that time. I don't remember that one. Okay, I'm in the government vehicle, you know, because the county had the vehicle that you have to drive and you handle county business. Have the county sign a badge on. I have all this. And I say, why would I want to use that to jeopardize my employment? My pension. For real. Not just employment, but I ain't trying to jeopardize my pension. I'm put too much in now. <laughs> For real. So, and I'm, they, they kind of started looking like, and then they said, well, we're we, we going to bring somebody down from, you know, they had somebody who works in a finance just safe that processes the bills and could find out if it was real or it's just an old bill or something like that. And they looked, oh, this is just an old bill. It was in circulation. I don't know why it was still circulation. And that was it. I said, I get all that. So where we was at, they gave us, um, I said, is that Universal Studios? Um, they gave us the fast pass for the day. We had, uh, we had, I had, um, you know, clients with me, so we all got fast passes for that whole day. That was their apology, because here the problem is they had gave us meal tickets, but I, we got tickets anyway, so they couldn't give us another meal. So they were trying to find a way to compensate the time and and the frustration that happened. But. <laughs> You see how things can get thrown out from a fake bill or out of date bill that that person who may be given to you had no 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 history of what how it happened how the person got it, but now because that person gave that caused that domino effect of that person their life is gone now. Over a twenty dollar bill. Yeah, that whole it's how simple it is because if the management somebody gives you this to say go do this with that. They don't know the backstory. They don't know if it's been out. They just know it was sitting in a safe at work. And so they pulled it out to go pay you and you sign off for that what you get and, and bring back the receipt. They don't go through it like they should do and circulate, make sure, and tr- switch out with the bank and make sure they don't have old bills. That's, 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 and, and, and those things made me crazy that we had to go through this whole thing. Man lost life. Man had to be found guilty because he was trying to get off. He think he was not not accountable for that man's life. That being that, this woman today found guilty because she was held accountable for his life. Not being because now the person who was a son and a father and his child will not know who he is. The girl who was in the car with him is is forever traumatized. 
I don't care how much counseling, she's going to be forever traumatized. She's going to have ways she responds anytime a police officer comes around. 20, 30 years from now, she's still going to have a way to respond it. Forever traumatized. What are they going to do for her? She need a civil lawsuit against that from me for all the all the stuff that she lost in life. And that's all she can do at this point because criminal, and that's what a lot of people do. Like, a lot of cops, and I'm going to bring up this old behind shooting because this was the first time, um, you know, I knew about a police shooting, and it was something that I think about to this day that's over-exaggerated, but... Um, I'm a Dooley Adam, and he was shot 41 or 42 times. Oh, yeah. That, to me, was a, like, overkill's not even a word. Anything more than six bullets is, is excessive. You know, you shoot, one person shoot two bullets, another one shoots two. But at that point, these guys were at the gun range. That means, that means... All of them were loaded and shot two more. But anyway, after they were found not guilty, which they were found not guilty, they was just fired. Um, yeah. The family actually sued the police department and won the case. And that's what happens with a lot of people. The cops will not get held accountable, right? The cops will not be held accountable, yet the taxpayers suffer for their negligence because they sue the police department. And who funds the police department? The, ta- the taxpayers. taxes, the taxpayers. So having cops that abuse their power or negligent or carry out these misconducts, it costs us, the taxpayers, money for them not to be held accountable. Because I promise you, if those three cops would have been arrested, would it have been a lawsuit of some sort? Yes. But would it, would it have been the amount of money that she sued for? Not even close. No, because no. she would have had some justice. And then the rest of it, it would have been. And I don't understand. Some places have done it where people are found guilty. They are already awarded a punitive down damages because some places already set that they receive this because that person's found um, accountable or negligence of that death of that person, it's already set up. This person will receive this dollar amount for the punitive damages that were done within the family. So, I don't know if everybody has to kind of transition that because what it does, it puts it into a county or city budget or state budget that is stuff find out guilty is already a fund over there that does not have to put another burden on top of that, but it's already put in what you already paid out. So you would like feel like the next couple of years, why are my taxes going up? Because they have so many lawsuits. But I don't know. If... It's like one of those things like, come on, it's kind of common sense. Just go ahead and do it. But the people just don't do it. Hmm. Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I was just I'm I'm just trying to see how much the, the mother sued the police department for because I, it was in the millions. 
Yeah, because one family that had a situation like that, they found them negligent and all of that. I know they was awarded like $20 million one time. It's been some other ones. It's been some numbers that's been like, whoa, they got paid. And then some numbers like, oh, they hardly got anything. So it kind of depends on how things are presented, what, what um, um, psychologists and everything it costs with the damage and the mental stress that's caused upon the family, how they present that too. They they tried to sue for sixty one mil, but they Ooh. only settled. They settled for three million. How much? For they settled for three million. They tried to sue for sixty one, but they settled for three mil. How's that even? You know how it goes. They waited out. They waited out. They waited out. They retrial. They waited out, and you know after a while. It takes up time. It costs money. And I guess they just agreed to just settle. But but still, three million to me is, is nothing for that type of that type of situation, especially in New York. Three million doesn't three million over here is a different story than three million up there. Three million but, here. You can get a decent house at paid for. A decent house. You can get yourself a nice mansion. No. Because here's something, well, order, depending on your county, that match can cost you just like having a mortgage. Oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I say a decent house. So I'm saying get you a good house where you ain't going to be hit. And knowing how to, you know, you can build a portfolio with that. Because you got to think about how much your legal fee is going to be on top of that. So that's why I say you have to kind of. Because if, if you would have got five to six million after your legal fees and everything was done, and paying taxes, I can say, okay, yeah, yeah, you got something to work with. But, but you get but... or even uh uh-uh. uh unless they unless they set up for three million and they had to pay all their legal fees. If they did that, okay. That was probably what they did. Because the they they agreed to settle back in two thousand and four and the shooting happened in ninety nine. Yeah. So but either way. That's three million dollars that could have gone to other things rather than paying for these police officers to screw up. For these police officers execution, really. Well, I I'm mm, as a history teacher to a history teacher, that was be not the first time in documented history that has happened because you know that's happened. They had one person I don't even mention their name right now because we have to. We'll have to dig it. Probably on the, on the podcast. I don't want to do that. But the man was shot over 100 times, lynched, and burned to live. Burned alive. That must have been that must have been 60s. Nope. No, that must have been pre. Nah, that, that couldn't have been past the 80s. Jim Crow lot all the time. It's for yeah. me. I think even for my parents are born. My parents are like 70. So, yeah. Jim That's what I'm saying. Pre-60s, it had to be. And that because that, <laughs> sorry, and that was done. And what's crazy about it? They would bring children out to watch that kind of stuff. Isn't wait? Where does the phrase "picnic" even come from? Oh, doesn't it have to do with that? Or, or I'm just, or I, I heard it. I haven't really researched it, but I, 
If I'm not mistaken, I think that was where the term picnic came from. We have researched that for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We had enough on that one about the police and all that. Let's talk about this because this is something about the relationships. So that's it, it's it's real popular right now. I think between yesterday and today, that's trending on a lot of social media. It's about um, Devin Franklin and Megan Good. So after nine years of marriage, the man has filed for a divorce. And the man, she married, she married a, a, a preacher, a minister, as most people know. After so many years of being married, the man was like, he's looking forward to having children. So she froze the egg and continued to work on her career, continued to work on her career. And wanted children. She continued to work on her career. They were doing everything and talking about how much you have to work through, how you have to have counseling. It takes two to make the marriage work. And she kept working on her career. While he was working on the marriage, doing stuff, she was working on her career. Now, I don't know the full details, but What do we have to look for in examples in relationships nowadays? What do you mean? Because this is a person who we're talking about how to communicate, how to have, you know, a deity be the head and y'all follow under that and be in harmony and work together, talk. And even though if you disagree, learn how to find out where the disagreement is. If we still can't agree, or learn to disagree, to disagree so we can move forward and take this as a learning experience. These are the models and all this that was putting out there trying to, as they say, live what you preach, hmm. but end up in divorce. Well, it, as far as looking for an example goes in relationship, I'm going to say you really can't look for other places, for example, because each relationship is different from the next. What works for one couple is not going to work for others. How one couple, yeah, how one couple tolerate differences, you know, it's, it's different from when the next person handle um, their differences. But it, I guess now we living in a we living in a time in which it, there's really no people don't really have the, the the patience to deal with saving marriages or putting up with the next person if they're unhappy. It wasn't like 40, 50 years ago where where it doesn't matter what this person got going on, you put up with it and stay in that marriage. Well, I'm not saying stay in something that's toxic to you. But I'm just saying... Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I have to say it like that because no people will think you're saying that. So we have to put it out there. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair uh, enough. Yeah. But it's like one of those things there is it's like why haven't we seen examples of learning to work through things? Because we can have disagreements. It's learning to work through them. It's learning how to, because that's why I say as an example, if you see people can have any kind of thing, they have their marriage, they have their marriage, but if we are seeing people learning to work through, counsel their way through, figure out their way through to be in this committed relationship, as they said, because if it's not toxic to you, why are you so quick to leave? Because then what are you going to learn about you as you grow and that person grow and how to grow together 
will will be a constant problem for you, whatever relationship you get into. So like I was saying, like, what example do we have as, as people grow? Can the people continue to grow together? They may not have to be, this is my career path, that's your career path, and we still can't work together and be together to have a relationship and marriage. What example is out there? Because every time you turn around, people are hitting the the eight-year, nine-year mark, and then all of a sudden, they're going separate ways. Yeah, there's a number of factors. You know, it could be they feel like the relationship lost a spark. It could be... Um, it, it could be it could be they're no longer passionate for one another, which goes back to my first statement. There's there's a number of factors really when you to answer to answer this question, or it could just be that they just simply stop trying because it's it's not it's not something that's 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 worth being emotionally invested on. I hear you. I don't disagree with you. But I'm wondering if that him desiring a family and she desiring a career could be the breakdown. Because Uh. because I, I personally, I have reached a point in my life, my age and all this that I, if I have my nieces and nephews are having children. I have recent pace, and I'm like, okay, that 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 stage right there, we're out of that stage. So, okay, moving on. If if I get married and she already has children, whatever, ain't no issue. But to be at this age, being forty plus, to say, oh, let's start. I had to think about. Level, patient level. I have to, you know, it's all of these things that have to come into factor. It's like, does that project me to have to work longer because I've reached a place where I'm like, oh, I can now I can see retirement versus like, oh my God, another 20 years till retirement. But now I kind of see retirement. Does that change my whole thing? Or how much more do I have to work? How much more do I have to do? Because they got college, they got this. So it's like, you know, when I say that that thing of children, and and this is what I say as being a minister. My listeners know, you know, Jay, being a minister, we I do pre-managed counsel. We put that on the table. We need to know y'all on the same page with that because that don't needs to be something that comes up later, and then can be that that breaking point. Uh, this is it. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's a big, and that's a big discussion that needs to be had. You know, like, I'm talking about, like, after date. Like, you know, y'all already comfortable with one another. Y'all consider each other a couple. That's one of those topics I have to get touched sooner rather than later. Yeah. And, you know, and and, and it has to be crystal clear. So, like, that, everybody, everybody's, like, what you said, is on the same page. Because if one person want a child and the other person, like, um, no, because there's that and the third. Then there's only two options at that point. Either accept the other person's decision, or if you feel that strongly about it, move on to the next. That's that's really the only options. When you when you truly boil it down, break it down, that's really your only options. You can't force anybody to have 
a child. This, or, or sorry, I say you're right. You can't force. I'm I'm in agreement. But then with children, there are options. There was a, a, a adoption, the surrogate, all kind of ways. If she's not wanting to stop the career totally to have a baby, because carrying a baby I... has is options out there. So I'm not saying that could be the total breaking point for the woman if she has options and you she still wants to. You can, as the man, you can respect that. But then if you're have said that we're going to do this and we have agreed and we're on the same page, but you find every career opportunity, every chance to do, to move, to not have children, it makes me feel like, then why did we come to that agreement and now that you want to do, you're backing out. Mm. Good point. I mean, because I mean, now it's like, did you lie to me or did you did you just say that so as it cause it sound good and you were unsure? That's the whole point. We go through the, the pre premarital counseling stages so to make sure the things that we have discussed and everything that we know how to work through, talk to or we do premarital because make sure like you know, do we really want to do this or not? Because if we're not on the same page with basically like cause a family value and what a family is is one of the, the foundational things of a lot of relationships. If we're hmm. not on the same page with that, why are we making this step? Why are we going to invest nine years? Because nine years, you can't get back. Mm-mm. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> nah, those, those nine years went straight to the gutter. And I mean, I mean, he may have been asking because she, I think men goes in between my age and your age. And he knows hmm. the risks. And everybody understand the risk for a woman to have children at a certain age. And if he's truly loving, he doesn't want her to risk that much health having babies later and later in life. Because I say it's options. If you're not, if you're so stuck on you don't want to have them because you want your career, maybe you didn't need marriage. Maybe your, your marriage was your career. Just a thought. Yo, that muted. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Sorry. Like I was saying, it just comes down to within every relationship, it, it, it just comes down to something as basic as what is it that you're looking for in this relationship? Yeah. Why and why? Like, that's really what it comes down. Those two key questions. What do you want in a relationship and why? And if the other person says it and it matches with your answers after you answer it, then it's a relationship that is a, that, that has a foundation of understanding. Along with other things, but there's that level of understanding that's added on to the foundation. What do you want in this relationship and why? Because if you look at, if you're just dating somebody because of the fact that they were available at the time, then that relationship is that only go so far. <laughs> a set of a failure. Um, Pretty I'm gonna put, much. I'm going to put something out there. I'm going to think about, um, 
you not read the Will Smith book. Mm. Him and Jada was in, in counseling, which I do commend black people for doing, and I, I would commend anybody. When you reach certain points of your relationship, you may need to go through counseling to help um, understanding where the relationship now is to move forward in, because it's different phases of a relationship once you have children. Mm. So, I do commend them for that, but then, but then you do have to respect each other's perspective and understand their perspectives on where the relationship at in order for you to keep moving forward. So I say that to say this. So in the book I was reading, I believe it was somewhere in that mutiny channel chapter where we find out that will prior will priorities and Jada priorities wasn't exactly the same. Will priorities was to take care of him so he can take care of blank, blank, and blank. Jada priorities were putting everybody else and putting her last. She felt crushed that she that his priorities weren't the same. He's explaining why his priorities are him taking care of himself so he can take care of everybody else. But in the place of the emotion, they missed it. And I think that that's one of the places where they were having breakdown in the marriage. And that's why sometimes we see what we see on social media with them too. Oh, Lord. I'm just saying, I think that's why you because here's the thing, instead of them them taking the time to let's see and understand why your priorities as a woman feels like you need to be last and everybody else need you first. Why is your priority as a man that you need to take care of yourself first in order to take care of everybody else? And then come to the place of understanding and come to a place of moving forward. Because once you come to the understanding, that's that's the key point of to keep moving forward and grow to the next part or the next phase of your relationship. Because you're gonna eventually gonna be an empty nester, and the priority is gonna change once again. So you. Mm. Yeah, I don't. It's interesting. Their, their relationship, no, their relationship always been rocky, man. It's. It's is been, that a point? It's been, rocky. it's been rocky. I'm gonna say this. I'm sorry for interrupting. But I'm gonna say this. it's been rocky because what she did, she wanted to be that person, the person, everything, but she did not create the space for him in her life. She had other people, aka Tupac Shakur, that held so much space in her life that didn't really give the space where Will needed to be validated as a man in their relationship. She wanted she wanted Tupac and she got Will Smith. <laughs> I will say this. God always gives you what you need. Whether it's your God of Confucius, Buddha, or, or Hindu, God always gives you what you need versus what you want. Cause she was with Tupac, she'll be a widower right now trying to figure out. Mm. Hey, for all you know, maybe and maybe things would have been different for Tupac. I don't know. No, they were still close. They were still close to he got and she had the she had more of an emotional breakdown when Tupac versus when somebody else in her family close to her passed away. And I was like, What? This these yeah. her words. These her words. This ain't nothing we'll put in the book. 
I'm putting that out there. This is not what we'll put in the book. These yeah, are that, that, that was a boyfriend, dog. That was what it was. You had a husband and a boyfriend. That's, <laughs> that's probably why they have someone to call to consider an open marriage right now. <laughs> hey, what? Oh, yeah. Do you know they eat? It's an open marriage. To what degree of the openness is, I don't know, because I ain't living in that house. I don't know. I feel like things like that should be private, but that's just my opinion. Johnny, tell Jason what you just won. Because here, here it is, at the end of the day, unless something has to be disclosed in a divorce decree, why y'all? Why y'all got going on in your bedroom? No need to be discussed. No, seriously, because it, I, I can say that for anybody who has a, a preference of whether they're same gender loving or they or they're attracted to heterosexual to the opposite sex, your bedroom is your private business. Because in that book, he talked about how how many times they would have sex and what was she doing to to reach her career. Her, her climax and all this I'm like oh god it was <laughs> I, yeah it's some chance in there I'm looking like well you had to tell all this yeah. I think that's about the one on the part of the book that I say you didn't have to tell all this because the other stuff that he discussed in that book really gave you an insight on how do children that become adults deal with their childhood trauma rest of that stuff besides that one the rest of that stuff really made sense and added up and gave you a perspective of everybody who has childhood trauma are not drug addicts everybody who had that are not this or everybody and it gave you a thing of how they they figure out and what place they do to get to a place of success so mm-hmm. like to like to uh Devin franklin men good I, you know y'all did everything and try or he tried from a spiritual point of view and if you're very still career-driven and not that, it causes a problem. There is a thing that in the Bible that says, how can two walk together unless they agree? So at a point, they stop agreeing. So they two cannot walk together. So what happens? Divorce. They go their separate ways. You can pray mm-hmm. until, the, until, the, until the sun go down and come back up. And two y'all at a place of agreement, it's not going to work. That's, that's any kind of relationship you have, whether it's in your, your marriage, your brotherhood, sisterhood, whether it's in your work relationships and all that. And to y'all, get to, it's not going to be good because somewhere in those things in life, you have to be in agreement in order to walk together to achieve the same goal. Precisely. I, I, you're right. It's it's true. You gotta you guys gotta be on the same on the same page. So you have to go down the same path. Otherwise, eventually there's gonna be a split. And it sounds cliche, but it doesn't get more simpler than that. I mean the very things that we talk about, oh that may sound but it's not a cliche thing. It's a real thing. And in that we have to find in any relationship, whether it's, like I said, any relationship, because people have problems in their friendships. That's a type of relationship. Mm-hmm. Being balanced or communicating and understanding how to agree or agree to disagree. 
Because every friend ain't got to be your yes person. They have yeah. their mind. They have their own views. They have their own opinions. And be known as being good friends and being able to communicate, I understand, I agree, that, that we can say, okay, that's your view. Good. Keep on. Okay. Now, what we getting tonight? We getting wings? We're going to get pizza with this while I watch the game. You know, it's one of the things. It just has to get like, okay, that's your it was to the place where I know you just your you. I respect it. You respect me. Let's keep it moving. Hey, next. It, <laughs> you have to get to that place. Yeah. Because if you're not, it's going to have problems. And every time you get together, it's going to be some kind of disagreement, some kind of tension. And life is too short for that. <laughs> I <Yeah>, agreed. <laughs> hey, we're not here forever, man. Nah, and I, I want the days I got on this earth. As long as I'm here, I want I want some peace. I want some enjoyment. You know, like yesterday, we buried my aunt that lived to be 94. And everybody said she was fun. She told totally you was on mine. And you enjoyed being around her. So she enjoyed life. It, the 94 years she was blessed with. So if you can't be that person who, who left here peacefully, and had peace in there and here while they were living and enjoyed and people enjoyed being around you because you was a loving person, but you may told the truth, you know, everybody don't like that, but you still was a loving person. So everybody like, you know, that's them. I can take it. Something had to happen between them two. I read some of their books. Rather somebody, somebody got so driven on another journey in life. And forgot about the journey they're supposed to be walking together with somebody and start focusing more on them versus walking the journey together. That was a problem. Even though in their case, and in their case, they gotta ask themselves: Is it even? Is this is this something that's worth fixing, or would it be best if they just part ways? But according to a lot of people. Like, like I said, it's been trending. Of course, some people like try to put some comments out there. It said it's it's probably been two years of him trying to find a way to make things work, and it just wasn't working. So it's like, what's the point? So how much more I'm gonna keep doing this, and I'm getting nothing in result? Because if you ask me, it's pretty much him using the book as a as a cry for help, I guess. I don't know which book because he wrote a couple. The last know. one. Uh, it could have been a cry for help. Yeah, it could have. If you want to call it a cry for help, because in the end of the day, he's gaining from the sales of that book. Because yeah. right now, that book is selling like, 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 <laughs> like I don't know what. I think it's silly because now they want to see did he talk about how did he get to the place or where did he make the decision what he's making now. So people are in it to look for it for different things. Yeah. Well, that typically happens. But it's working. It's working. I mean, he said he said his life wasn't dependent upon her fame or popularity. Then what is it dependent on? On himself? On what he brings to the table. I I have to find the video. If I find out, I send it to you. He's saying mm. the relationship is always the table. 
it's you have to consistently bring something to the table because whatever's on the table after a while it starts to run out and you have to do something to replenish what's on the table you just can't leave something on there and think that's going to be there forever you have to keep bringing or keep replenishing what's on the table in order to keep making it work mm. so if you if one person keep bringing stuff the other person ain't bringing nothing that's going to be a problem Mm-hmm. Took the words right out of my mouth. This is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> like like I told women, I wish you were there that class. I say, any woman tells me today, when I ask this question, what are you bringing to the table? If you say I'm the table, get out the class and leave now because you're not ready for what I'm about to release. Because the table is the relationship. So what are you bringing to the table? Make sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and I feel like and, and I feel like that's the reason why a lot of relationships, whether if it's men or women, is the fact of one person doesn't do their part into bringing bringing what they need to bring in the table. Whether it's a female or or a male. Yeah. Who who it was a song. I think it's about time to close with this song. I think it was Teddy Pendergrass. It was a, he was Have a Marvel in the Blue Note. I think he was with that group at the time. He said it can't be 60-40. It can't be 70-30. It gotta be a 50-50 love. That's the truth. So, but I, I, I put a flip on that. If I bring 100%, you bring 100%, the table will stay full. Anytime we drop any percentage, the table starts to suffer. Mm. And with that, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for today. Yeah. I'd like to thank everybody for taking the time and hearing us. Appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, even though even though we got all over the place, hey, hopefully you enjoyed it. <laughs> hey, that's the whole point. We're not made for everybody podcast because we're gonna talk about a little bit of everything and bring something to the table. And at the end of the day, we're gonna make sure you had the information. We're gonna have time that you can discuss something that's going on in your house and have a better understanding. So mm. we're not made for everybody. We're not the view, we're not the real. For real. We the prophet and Jay. So that's what we do. We ain't made for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we said, we thank y'all. We 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 we're really happy that we're still going beyond the year and we're gonna see how much more we're gonna spend. Um hopefully next week we'll figure that out. We'll do a year review what happened all the way in twenty twenty one before we go on to twenty twenty two. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for support. And for the sponsors who've been reaching out, thank you for reaching out. We want to work that out so we can start getting some stuff for some sponsors. Until next time. Y'all have a good evening. <laughs>